G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I was painfully shy and I used to hide out in the toilet block because I didn't think anybody would want to talk with me, let alone listen to me. And if I had known that some decades later I would actually be enjoying speaking in front of audiences, I would have run for the bush again (laughs) because I couldn't have believed it. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, sometimes we're so fearful of making mistakes in life that we don't even try to do things in the first place. And that was definitely the case for Ruth Benetti, who overcame extreme shyness to go on to become a successful musician, writer and public speaker. We'll hear her story today as she has a chat with Shelley Scowen. Ruth, you are an amazing musician and you present in front of lots of people. In fact, one of your main things that you're passionate about is helping other people to not be so shy and to present in front of other people. This is an interesting thing because you used to be very shy yourself. What was the situation as a kid? Uh, Hello, Shelley, and hello to your listeners, first of all. Uh, I feel it's very much a case of We teach what we needed to learn. And I was brought up in the bush. Yeah, what part of Australia were you? Hewenden. In those days, it was a thousand miles northwest of Brisbane. And I grew up on a sheep property. And we didn't have many people to relate to. Uh, We did correspondence school and then got catapulted down occasionally into a huge city school which terrified me. (laughs) And then I spent from grade 7 onwards um, right through in St. Lucia in Brisbane and went to another big high school. And I was painfully shy and I used to hide out. I don't mind telling people this. Uh, I used to hide out in the toilet block because I didn't think anybody would want to talk with me, let alone listen to me. Then I discovered that the library was much more pleasant and <laughs> actually did a lot of good for my studies. And I love books. And uh, so in class, I loved words, loved reading. So if I was seated at my desk, I could do wonderful reading or poetry or drama. But then they put me in the play in the front and I froze and I was just petrified and they quickly put me back in the chorus somewhere. And if I had known that some decades later I would actually be enjoying speaking in front of audiences, I would have run for the bush again (laughs) because I couldn't have believed it. And I think this is one of the best things that I can say to people when I'm encouraging them through my workshops and um, presentations and one-on-one coaching and so on, that we are not the person that we were as children or as teenagers or even young adults. We will be totally changed across the perspective of a lifetime. And I have to say that it's a long process that I've come through, 
and music helped me because I learned the the skills of projecting on stage through music and that became my first voice and uh, I am just so grateful that I've been helped through this to develop much more confidence mm. and even enjoyment of speaking in public and I love helping people with that because I can say I'm not your natural speaker. I came through it and learned along the way. And um, the skills I've learned, I'm happy to share. They're not usually your usual Toastmasters path or something like that. They're mm -hmm. what I've applied from my first career as a musician and developed across the way. And I tend to work very intuitively with people and think, how can we help? How can we develop your natural voice and bring that to the fore? So... Yes, I'm grateful that God's brought me through with this in a way that I could never have envisaged. Yeah. And uh, I find it very rewarding to help people. And uh, in one of my books, it's called Don't Freak Out, Speak Out. Uh, on page one, I talk about poor old Moses who had the toughest geek. <laughs> and he's saying, don't send me, no. Like, yeah. And yeah. we gather that he stuttered or had a, some sort of an impediment. And God said... I will be with you, I will speak through you. And I think that is so inspiring that he and Jeremiah, who played the youth card, oh no, I'm too young, I couldn't speak. God speaks through people and uses them, even and especially, I suppose, in their weaknesses. Mm. And I could say that I'm um, along a similar vein. And I just like to encourage people that if they think that they don't have the ability to speak, um, no, it's probable that they are very good contenders. And I think when I relate to people and say, look, I'm somebody who would be the last person you'd expect to enjoy speaking in public, you could be the same. I think that's a message of hope that I can give. Yeah. Yeah, and when you say you enjoy speaking in public, what is it about speaking in public that you actually enjoy? It's relating to people, it's communicating, encouraging, getting to know them in the space of whatever time it is, an hour or maybe a day's training or something like that, getting to know people, bringing them to the fore, not just speaking at them, but bringing them out to encourage them and help them with it. Um, but... I suppose it's a way of reaching out to people and communicating. And so whether it's through words or music, that's what is my main interest is that communication. And I think the response, the sheer pleasure of seeing people respond and think, oh, it's not so bad, I can do this. And I enjoy that. I think it's great to come to that point too where you do actually realise that you have something interesting to say that other people would be interested to listen to rather than the old way of thinking to say I'm not worthy and everyone is going to you know, judge me for whatever I say and therefore I'm not going to stand up in front of these people. And I think too it's a matter of being aware that God has given us gifts Mm. And he wants us to use them and not bury them in the ground. And that he enables us to do that. And there is a degree of faith in that, that we have to believe that he will enable us. And I also find that one of the best learning things that I've ever had 
uh, is again through weakness. Um, but I lived five years, seven years overseas, but five of those I was living in foreign countries. First of all, with our school French, which had lots of <laughs> interesting um, mistakes and so on. <laughs> and then two years in Sweden where I basically learned Swedish on the job and so with grammatical errors. <laughs> and then in Germany where we did a month, my husband and I, we did a month of intensive um, training for German and then after that just got on with it. And it was knowing that every time I opened my mouth, I would make a mistake. I'm pretty much sure of it. And of just having to get on with it. Otherwise, well, you would, wouldn't be living. You, you just have to do it. Yeah. And the people generally were, especially the Swedes and the Germans were so polite that they didn't tend to correct us, yeah. uh, which might have helped if they did. But anyway, <laughs> eventually over living in the countries, we became quite fluent. And I can say that the experience of well, I'm going to make mistakes. I just have to do it. I just have to get on with it. Just do it. I think that was very um, empowering for me to realize that we don't have to be perfect. People, mm. in fact, warm to us. So this actually happened in our concerts in Sweden. Somebody in our group said, yes, your concerts are lovely, but why don't you introduce them? Why don't you speak to us? And we said, oh, but I make mistakes. Oh, no. And they said, no, that's okay. People want to you. And so we tried it, and they did, and they responded. Mm-hmm. And then there was a the time when we had a, um, some big concerts, which we put on, and uh, somebody came to record us from Swedish radio. And we thought he was just recording music, but then afterwards, over the coffee, he pulled out his tape recorder and wanted to interview us. And I went, oh, no, oh, not on Swedish radio. I'd make mistakes. And he went, oh, no problem. And at one stage, I sort of went, uh, and I couldn't think of a word, and I went, oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm stuck. And I was making scissors gestures to him, meaning edit that out. And he didn't. And in fact, <laughs> when I listened back, it was so short that nobody ever... I think a lot of the time mistakes feel far worse to you than they do to anyone else. You judge yourself a lot harder than anyone else does. We are our toughest critics. Yeah. And people, in fact, warm to us because we're human. And, in fact, that man has become a lifelong friend. We stayed with him last year visiting Stockholm and he looked after us and took us around and was marvellous. And um, people just warm to us because we were prepared to give it a go. Yeah. Do it. And not be precious. Yeah. One of the things that I've learnt, uh, and particularly as a result of doing this radio show, it's a privilege to be able to talk to people every day with interesting stories. And one of the things I've learnt is that everybody has an interesting story. I could literally walk around my church and talk to anybody in my church. They've all got an interesting story and it's just waiting to be told. And if we can encourage them to bring that out, then others are enriched by that and encouraged by that. Yes. And I think that is such a precious, very special thing that um, we are able to help people to use their voices that, and to put out our stories and, and to encourage others. I keep coming back to the encouraging others, don't yeah. I? And I think that is so special. That is so necessary. Yeah. And uh, if we can think more of the other person listening rather than ourselves. Yes. 
And I guess that's the big caveat on all of this is that it's one thing to go around and, you know, keep sprouting your own thoughts and your own opinions and own experiences, but your heart needs to be for the listener rather than for just sprouting about yourself. Absolutely. And people can see through if we're just being big noting and so on. Yeah. And I think they warm to us, especially when I'm, I suppose, working with people over... uh, presentation or coaching, I often think, oh, do I divulge too much? Am I giving too much away? And in my recent book, which I've finished writing and I'm hoping it's coming to publication soon, um, am I giving too much away? Am I making myself too vulnerable? Mm. But then I look at it and I think, no, because I'm showing my humanity and this is much more important than being seen to be... um, successful and all of those things, um, it's much more important that we are real people. Yes. And yeah. uh, in fact, because I'm trying to market my own books, it's actually been a hard one for me, this putting out the PR because I don't like big noting. I am a shy person deep down still, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't mm-hmm. guess anymore. But, you know, I have my moments. And having to do the PR is one of those hard things that I... I'd prefer to write the book or give the presentation rather than get out and big note me. Absolutely, yeah. And and in this respect, the opportunity to speak with somebody with, uh, you know, time to spread out with a a discussion as real people with someone like you is much more enjoyable also because we're talking one-on-one and we're not doing the plastic (laughs) speech, which is... It's not my um, yeah. preferred way to do it. No. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowan is chatting with Ruth Benetti, who overcame extreme shyness to go on to become a successful musician, writer and public speaker. Next, we're going to find out about her love for the clarinet, writing and helping others. All that and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with musician, author and performance coach Ruth Benetti. We've already heard how she overcame extreme shyness in order to be successful doing the things she enjoys. Next, we hear about her love for music, writing and helping others develop their creative gifts. For you, it's not about the the accolades or anything. I'm sure you just love your clarinet. What does music actually mean Uh, to you? (laughs) Well... It's loving the sound, and that's where it came. And actually, I was just thinking, this is the power of radio, just to encourage you, Shelley. I was, as I said, brought up in the bush, and (laughs) on hillbilly music, Chad Morgan, Slim Dusty, (laughs) and we had a bit of ABC radio, and there was a school program that said, this is the flute, (laughs) and this is the oboe, and this is the clarinet, and I went, oh, I'm going to play that. And I didn't know what it looked like, how you got that sound, how you played it. I just said, I'm going to play that. I must have been 10 or 11. So I 
saved up my money washing dishes and things like that. And eventually we were down in the city for schooling anyway, so I could have lessons. I got this shiny contraption and I didn't quite, I couldn't get a sound out of it for a month until I found a teacher who helped me put the read on right. And I love that when I've got beginner students, I say, whoa, you're better than me. You got a tune in your first lesson and I didn't get a sound. I didn't get a peep out of it for a month. Um, and in fact, a lot of that, um, my early experiences learning, I thought, goodness, how do we do this? Or how do we go up to the top notes? I couldn't understand what was going on. So I wrote my first book, which is called Enjoy Playing the Clarinet. And... Um, that was the book that I needed when I was 12. Ruth, you've written quite a number of books on a variety of topics and most of them very, very practical, addressing a lot of the issues that people uh, find when it comes to presenting and playing music. But I love how you've managed to just be the salt and light of Christ. Can you uh, tell us about how you've been able to just weave in people from the Bible into your books? <laughs> well, of course, as I said at the beginning of speak out, don't freak out, there is poor old Moses trying to tell God that that's too tough a gig to go and tell Pharaoh what to do. Um, and in my other books, I, I like to be the salt. I don't want to do a heavy message because I want my books to go out to the world at large and not be just a little enclave for Christians. And I knew that publishers might not want a section on prayer among all the other solutions I've got in confident music performance, I wanted to put a couple of pages about prayer. And um, so in the end, it was Albatross Books um, who first published that. And then I took over my own imprint, Words and Music, has since published it as confident music performance. And so I could put in a few Bible verses. And I could also put in the story of Christmas, along with the Christmas um, message, a tiny one in my in playing the clarinet, where we have two pages of Christmas carols, yeah, things right. like that. So I've also got just the odd little snippet here and there, and I just want to feel that our words go out to the world at large, and that's what we're commanded to do, to go into the world and preach the gospel. But my messages tend to be subtle. Mm. But I was looking at, um, and you mentioned Salt and Light and Burn My Letters, which is about my family story, is very much Midnight Sun to Southern Cross. So there's a message of light. And in that, I have actually been much more overt in my message because I'm looking at my grandfather's face and how it's impacted on our family and my own. Um, but that one is to come. I'm still praying that this will come to fruition. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I hope that we're getting close. Yeah. So my other things that have really challenged me is what about all the other Christian writers who are there, Australian, Australasian Christian writers, and about 25 years ago, I, I actually was invited to a workshop for um, looking for Christian writers, and I went, wow, look at all these people. I never knew they existed, and got them together, put out a meeting in my back garden of the very first Omega Writers. So together with a, a colleague, we formed Omega Writers, and we were sitting around a lot of the time going, oh, how are we going to get published? 
Well, I'm very excited to say that that has grown. We've had about 100 members from around Australasia and New Zealand. And I'm just so excited that out of the group, we have a publisher who's been publishing a lot of books. And a lot of people have come to publication because of her hard work and to encourage each other and to support each other. And I really want to pay tribute to the value of that, that we have tried to tell other writers that we are here to encourage you, to encourage each other and to lift each other up. And it's been very exciting to see so many people come to print and also craft their skill much more professionally so that they can stand up in the marketplace of the world at large. Mm. And that's it's a wonderful initiative. Yeah. Yes. So you can find them at omegawriters.org. But certainly I want to encourage other Christian writers to to craft their writing because we are writing for the great creator. And I think that is something which is a, a very great privilege and our words are given by God, but we also have to um, polish them and do the best we can with them and use all our skills as best we can, improve our skills, and yeah. then God will bless our writing. It's the same with any of the gifts that God gives us. Hey, he gives us gifts in, in speaking and in music and in uh, art and in words, a lot of different things, but it's up to us to refine Absolutely. those skills as Musicians well. Musicians yeah. still have to practice, but <laughs> at least we can um, polish our gifts so that they're worthy of the kingdom yeah. and send yeah. them out into the world at large. Yeah. And uh, I am very, very grateful for the assistance I've received from my colleagues in that too. We've got prayer groups and so on there where when we've got a big issue that we can call on prayer from other writers and that sort of thing has been absolutely invaluable in in just encouragement and seeing results. Mm, great. All right, so if people are interested in getting in touch, then omegawriters.org is the place to go. And if you'd like to know more about Ruth and her music, her books, she's got quite a, a lot of them, uh, and she also does presentations as well, you can go to ruthbenetti.com. Uh, like you said, one N and two Ts. That's, That's right, yes. Thank you so much, Ruth, for sharing part of your story today. Uh, I trust it's been an encouragement to many from the children that are listening and uh, uh, I guess just wondering where their music career could end up uh, to the other people that might be shy and wondering about speaking up and using their voice uh, for great things. I'm sure you've probably encouraged a lot of people today. So thank you for spending some time with us. That's a pleasure, Shelley, and thank you for your work in, in bringing voices to people out in the bush. I've got a lot of time for the people in the bush that are salt of the earth and often doing it tough, and mm. I, I'm glad to think that my voice might be going around Australia to people who don't get much else, and I hope that, yes, our words can encourage and lift them up as well. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Ruth. Thank you very much, Shelley. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with musician, author and performance coach Ruth Bonetti about the variety of creative ways she's using her gifts and talents for the Lord. 
As we heard, she's also helping people overcome their shyness by sharing the struggles she had in this area. And as a performance coach, it's great to hear how she's helping others get the most of their gifts and talents. As the Bible says in 1 Peter, each of us should use whatever gift we have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. For more information, you can go to Ruth's website, ruthbenetti.com. That's ruthbenetti.com. Well, thanks for joining us for Ruth's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I looked across the river and I saw a great big rock peninsula and there was a man in white robes standing on the rock. So then I realised that I was actually part of the river. I was in the river as well. I realised that if I didn't get to the river of light, I was gone. So I tried to get over there and I tried to get people's attention and saying, guys, we're going the wrong way. We See that guy in the white on the rock? we got to go to him. He's the guy that's going to get us out. Guriel Ali converted from Islam to Christ after he had a vision of Jesus dressed in a white robe. He then began to make music for the Lord and now describes himself as a musicianary. We'll hear his amazing story and some of his music next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.